0: Let's get to the show with your Tell It Like It Is host, Rick Clemens, who does his best to never act like a dick, unless you act like one first. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of 40 Plus Real Men Real Talk. You know who I am. I'm Rick Clemens, your host, and every episode we get together and we talk about the stuff that men aren't talking about, but they probably should be talking about. But before we dive in, I want to remind everybody that we do have our once a month men's chat that comes up every month the first Tuesday of the month it is from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific. And this is your time. It's your time to get together with a group of guys and just chat about the stuff that we need to be talking about. And I hope you guys will join us. To join us simply go to 40 plus men's chat. Go to my website rickclemens.com look up the chats. You can find it there. There's just lots of ways to get involved with that chat. So look forward to having you. The next one is June the second and I can't wait for you guys to be there. So let's dive in and let's have a chat about why guys don't feel like they can be themselves. They can't open up. They can't be vulnerable. We've touched this in different ways as we've done this podcast over the last year, but I ran into a guy through another group I belong to. And I just felt like, you know what, with his background and what he does, He really is on the quest to help people find greater peace in themselves. And some of that comes from just loving yourself a whole lot more. He has a counseling center in Yuma, Arizona. And I'm just looking forward to having this conversation. Troy and I really don't really know each other that much. We've had a few conversations via Facebook Messenger. And we chatted just a little bit before we started to record this. So this is really raw. This is really real. And if we get pissed off at each other, we may just stop and say, "Mm, no, you're not going there. I'm kidding course but um, (laughs) anyway Troy I'm really excited man to have you here I love having these kind of conversations guy to guy um, similar you know lines of work we do you've got the big degree behind your name I'm just like yeah I went to overnight you know learn how to coach no I didn't really do that (laughs) it's been a good 18 months doing this but um, I love 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 having these kind of conversations so thanks for being here
1: man you're welcome Rick thanks so much for letting me be here I'm really excited too Cool. So this is how we do this. It's your show
0: now from here on. I just shut up and you just. Oh it, yeah. In. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> He's like, okay, I didn't know that's what I was signing up for when I got on here. But um, so just I want to kind of dive in. You know, we're kind of we're recording this kind of in an interesting time frame. This is going to air in a few weeks, but we're kind of coming somewhat out of this whole COVID 19 thing but we're all kind of standing on shaky ground like not really knowing what it is and i think a lot of guys at least a lot of guys i've been having conversations with this whole thing has kind of opened a lot of them up to like hmm maybe i want to show up a little bit differently in the world and um, i think that'd be kind of an interesting space to start um just in the work you're doing, you've got patience and stuff. have you noticed any big shifts in people's like outlook on life over the last few weeks?
1: I've noticed that they've really started to identify what's more important to them mm-hmm. what really is important to them and um, I've also noticed that it it has forced us to become creative mm-hmm. in figuring out how we can connect, how we can show up, what we can do differently, it's, it really has forced us to change the it's changed the status quo really and made us take a look at well what what do we need to do? How can we we can't continue to live the way we were living and we don't want to keep living like this. So what, what what's gonna change? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of us, and I know for me, it's really made me ponder and think, okay, how do I want to show up differently when this this whole thing calms down? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've been
0: having a lot of those internal conversations and external conversations. And a few of them got heated. A few people told me you're an ass because of the way you're showing up. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad to know that that's how you feel, but you know, Hey, (laughs) we're going to see things differently. But, um, I know for me, one of the things, and I brought this up in a group I was running last night. One of the things that I have found for myself is I'm not as willing to jump in anymore and waste energy on any kind of dialogue that isn't really going to matter. You know, it just, I don't, I don't need to have the argument. I don't need to debate this. And maybe that's just me, but I'm like, wait, (laughs) tomorrow, this could all change. I could wake up tomorrow and boom, you know, possibly have this and who knows where it goes from there, but it's, it's really woke me up to what am I going to spend my energy on? Yeah, because that's what's important to me now. Yeah, not that it wasn't before, but it's kind of been my through line. But I I know in the past six weeks, whatever, whatever day it is today, um, it has opened me up to like, is that really worth it in the grand scheme of things? Is that conversation really worth it? Or do I just say, okay, cool, or do I not say anything? That's another way Mm -hmm. to look at it. And I think a lot of guys, because we're kind of predestined towards fight, I think this may be some turning point for turning some men really conscious and diving into themselves. And I'm curious, you know,
1: how you view that too. Well, I think, honestly, that when we can connect with our core value, our core worth, if we can connect with with who we are, and we feel that in our core we feel that through all of our body there doesn't have to be a fight even if somebody has a different opinion than me if i know that i'm worthy if i know that i'm enough that i matter and i also recognize that you matter yep. um i i don't have to have an argument i can hear what you have to say and say well that's fascinating that right. that's wonderful that you believe that thanks for sharing And I'm good. I'm able to still connect with what it is that I believe in, what my values are, and I don't have to fight or have an argument about that. And I can be at peace with that without needing to maybe prove myself or assert myself or overpower myself with somebody else. And if I am overpowering myself, I'm always taking a look at, okay, what is that about? Why do I feel like I have to be right right now? Um, what is that really all about? And for me, I know that it, it really stems back to some of my negative core beliefs that run really deep, that I'm not enough, that I don't matter, uh, that there's something wrong with me. And and then I overcompensate for that. But man, when I step into that sense of peace and say, I- I'm enough, mm-hmm. the argument's gone. Don't have to.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's interesting because this came up this week, you know, lovely Facebook comments. <clears throat> And I'm not going to go deep into this one, but it was really, I got called on on something and it crossed some boundaries about, you know, showing up with the masks sort of thing. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, something I said that the person felt like I was shaming people who weren't going to wear a mask and then comparing it to my work is helping people come out of the closet. Mm. And as somebody who helps people come out of the closet, how can you shame other people? And I was like, okay, Rick... (laughs) my trigger got pushed and then i'm like wait step away step away and just let it be Hmm. and because this is a hard thing for me to do because my disposition from many years of being in a very aggressive household is to fight Mm -hmm. and i sat there and i thought okay i could blast back which would had been my norm 10 years ago I don't do that near as much these days I could just not say anything or I could just completely walk away and let it go completely and I sat there for about an hour while we were watching tv and my husband even said to me what do you want to do about that because he happens to know this individual too and by the end of the evening I just said I'm just going to delete the comment because I'm just going to get rid of it because I don't need it there because then if I let it sit there and that's probably a little bit of a chicken shit way to go too, but I knew I wanted to just like, let's take the energy. The best energy I can do is just like, get rid of it Hmm. and not respond. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, "I I feel really good that I didn't go the route I really would have liked to have gone. Yeah. Because... In a way, by no response, I'm acknowledging that's that person's perspective of the world. Right. And I think for guys, this is really hard sometimes for us to do because we come from a place, and something that you, I know, are a huge advocate of, we come from a place where we kind of have to fight to love ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so when we can't love ourselves, we tend to
1: react out to other people. Well, one of the things that I do, one of the main parts of the work that I do is with what I call attachment wounds, Mm -hmm. and there's six of them, loss, neglect, rejection, abandonment, betrayal, and abuse, and these wounds are like sunburns. So if you go to the beach and you forgot to put sunblock on, for example, and then you have to go to work the next day, you can still function. You can go about the life, you can do the things you have to do, but you just pray that nobody comes up and touches your shoulder. Because the moment they do, there's an immediate reaction that we go into fight or flight response because of that. And so... When, when we notice that there's a reaction when I go into that anger and you identified like I grew up in a home where there was a lot of violence we had to, there a the the fight the abuse the the rejection those wounds run really deep and then if somebody's bumping up against that if I'm not aware of those wounds and I'm and I'm not checking in with, okay, what is it that I believe? I'm gonna go write it back into that fight or flight response and I'm gonna behave in a way that actually perpetuates the disconnection, which isn't what I want, um, versus being able to say, oh yeah, that hurt. Oh, uh, that, that really did hurt. Let me take a breath. You, like you modeled, you checked it in with your husband. He's like, he listened to you. you were able to process that. And then you, you came from that place of wholeness. You came from that place of purpose rather than the place of pain, which mm-hmm. usually doesn't end up turning out well for most of right. us. So right. being able to recognize I have these wounds, they get hurt, they get rubbed up again sometimes. And I, I need to do some wound care around that rather than react around that.
0: I'm curious, since you brought this up, because I, this is so key critical to so many things that I think men struggle with. Why do you believe men have such a hard time going and dealing with their
1: wounds? Well, the com- the other part of that is that there is a lot of shame that has masked those wounds. It's yeah. has settled down on us. And Verne Brown defines shame as the deep and abiding belief that I'm flawed and defective and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. And so we we have these wounds of rejection or neglect or abuse, but I'm really afraid to show you that I'm hurting because you're going to reject me, you're going to abandon me, you're going to neglect me. So I'm going to pretend that I, I I'm fine. I'm going to pretend that everything's wonderful and that there isn't anything wrong with me which doesn't work as you know, when that mask goes on. Um, But it's fear that this man is not going to accept me. This, this person is not going to accept me. And so I'm going to, I'm going to hide in that shame. And that's what I think really holds us back from being able to show up. We're afraid of being hurt again, because we know how sucky it was the first time we got hurt.
0: And not that women don't, don't feel this. I'm not, I don't want to equate that. Oh, women don't deal with this. But I believe that men, and especially me being a gay man, I have felt Hmm. this really, really deeply at times. But it starts from a very young age for most of us guys. Don't be a sissy. Man up. Men don't cry. And suddenly, we are, you know get up, even, even that probably that first time, even, even though I don't believe I can actually remember Mm -hmm. that first time I heard that, like, just get up when we were learning to walk or whatever, there's a little bit of gentleness that comes with it for most of us. But then suddenly there's going to be some man, usually a father to Mm -hmm. for the most part, who's going to just say, just get up. And even something as simple as just get up is that if you don't do this, I'm going to be ashamed of you mm-hmm. and it begins and it begins right. and it begins and it begins and it begins. And I know from the guys that I have had the beautiful privilege to work with through the years of coming out or even guys that I'm working with currently that are like, I'm leaving this corner office job to go pursue something completely different. There is so much shame. mhm Because somebody has just said to him, what are you crazy? You've got a corner office and you're making half a million dollars a year. You've got to be insane. Things like that are shaming another individual. You don't understand why they want to do that. Mm -hmm. There's a really good reason why they want to do that. And it's about us starting to step aside and start to put ourselves in the other person's shoes.
1: Yeah, there was a time I worked in HR for a while um, and I loved that job. It was a great job, um, but I wasn't happy. I I had my master's in social work degree and I really felt this calling for lack of a better word that I needed to go and open a private practice and start doing the work that I do now. Mm -hmm. And I kept putting that off for two years. I'm not going to do that. That's dumb. That's crazy. Um, And it wasn't until I, I am I'm connected with I I, I'm enough. I'm I'm not perfect, but I have gifts and talents and and things that I can use to help bless other people. That fire inside of me led me to then go to my boss and say I'm I'm giving you my three months' notice. And she's like, what in the heck? And she tried to talk me out of it. Why are you doing that? I said, I don't know. Uh, it's I know it's crazy, but it's what I know I need to do. And I was able to connect with that. The fear, yeah, there was fear I'm going to fall flat on my face. It's not going to work out. But because I was connected to the truth that, it, that I'm enough, that it's going to work out, um, I was able to jump and make that leap. I was able to cut through the shame and, and the stories that people were telling me, like, what are you? You're kind of some kind of crazy. I was able to say, um. Uh, I'm, I, it's because it feels right to me. It's what I'm going to do and honoring that part of me. And it, honestly, it's one of the best decisions that I made. Um, but that shame held me back for two years from doing that until I finally connected with, I can do this.
0: You know, it's interesting that you just said that. Cause I, I, <laughs> I write these little like Monday motivation things and they go out several channels, Instagram, all these places. And last night I was working on them And one of the ones that I wrote is until you're committed and connected to your truth, you can never leap into your truth.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then suddenly hear
0: you say this. I'm like, okay, was Troy just like reading over my
1: shoulders last night? (laughs) Psychic powers, man. Yeah, but it's
0: something that, again, you know, I think a lot of guys think, okay, this is my truth. And it could be some, we have some truths that are there, but I, I often feel like a lot of men. They keep like, here's the surface truths, but I'm not really going to let anybody see what's below those truths that are my true values and beliefs. Mm -hmm. And then they hold themselves back. And then suddenly when a crisis hits, something doesn't have to be like COVID, but a crisis will hit. And then suddenly those core underlying truths that are just dying to, in my world, come out of the closet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they are sitting there like a powder keg. Right. Right. And then boom, they explode when really if, if we had like nurtured them and, and taken care of them. And as you said, giving ourselves that self-care to step deep into something, we can bring those truths forward. I loved what you said about finally you realized you know, the truth of you need to be out there using your gifts in a different way and, and doing your own thing. Even if you didn't really know what that looked like when you gave that notice, Right. I, I can only imagine what that felt like. Besides being a little bit scared, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. but the
0: freedom that probably happened in that moment when you finally said that.
1: Yeah. My heart pounding, I'm walking to her office, and then after I said it, whew, yeah. just this overall sense of peace, like it's going to be okay. I always, I
0: always talk to my clients who are coming out of the closet about, it's scarier before you come out of the closet, but the moment you say it, it's mm-hmm. freedom. Yeah. It, the fear of saying those words that I'm gay or bi or whatever, it, it, it's scary until the moment. And the moment you say it doesn't mean everything goes away, but the moment you say it, there's something that happens
1: mm-hmm. that
0: gives you that strength and that motivation and, and to go now really dive through the rest of the stuff that's going to come your way. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like most guys, if they would do the right kind of self-care, because I think most people want to live at peace. I just wants to live in chaos. Anybody who says they love chaos, And I'm I'm always kind of looking at them I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> then you must have a different definition of chaos than I do because I do not there, yeah, there's a little bit of weird stuff about when you're in chaos, maybe you a little more motivated, but I couldn't I couldn't sustain that. I would right. I'd rather just like, yeah, just take me out of my misery if this is what I have to do. But um, it's so interesting to watch and observe men when those moments hit where they realize oh that really wasn't as scary as i thought it would be to like really go deeper and take some care of myself mm-hmm. i always evoke it or envision it or i actually see it a lot of times as i actually see the little boy i actually can see the little boy in that guy like oh so that's what he really looks like mm-hmm. and it's so powerful and it's so interesting. it is a power-
1: it's a beautiful thing Mm-hmm. And then to try and help them connect with the value of that little boy. Mm-hmm. And then the grown up part of ourselves taking care of him mm-hmm. and showing up and modeling for him what it looks like to share your emotions and what it looks like to speak your truth and to be able to do those kind of things. Because nobody ever modeled that for him. I mean, mm-hmm. you identified that in our society, that hasn't been modeled. Mm-hmm. Every guy that I talked to, who's struggling with addiction or whatever. I say, well, who, who, what men in your life modeled how to handle anger mm-hmm. in a healthy way? Mm-hmm. None. Well, right. what men modeled for you how to talk about their sadness and their disappointment? Well, none. Mm-hmm. Right. So nobody taught you. So you've, you've been trying to figure this out on your own.
0: Right. I say that to my guys, uh, you know, that I work with coming out of the closet who modeled how to come out of the closet. Nobody. Nobody. Because there's nobody in their life. Now, some of them will say, "Well, I, you know I had an uncle or I had a cousin. I said, then what you need to do is think about how did they do it? What did they do that you admired? What did they do that you're like, "Oh, no wonder I'm so scared." If they came out mm-hmm. and they got rejected by the family, then we need to talk about that because you're, you're putting you're assuming because of what you know, here we go into the assumptions place, but you're assuming because you saw that happen for them, now the same thing's going to happen to you. Well, don't make the assumptions because it's not true till it's true sort of thing. Right. But I think so many of us, again, guys to a greater degree, and I'm not, I don't want to ever make women feel like, oh, God, you think it's really easy? No, because I worked with a lot of women too. But I think guys inherently, they just tend to like, okay, I just got to do this and pound the chest and like move forward. And it's not that every guy's a he man, but I see a different version of pounding a chest, even for a guy who's a little more timid, soft spoken. Mm-hmm. There's their own version of pounding that chest that, okay, but I'm supposed to get through this this way. If I'm really soft-spoken, then the way I'm supposed to get through this is I'm just supposed to hide over there in the corner, not use my voice, and this is how I man up in my own way. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you to the best degree. So I'm curious for you, I know we're about out of time here, but I'm loving this conversation. I'm curious for you, why do you feel like you want to help And I know you don't just work with men, but I feel like this is why we kind of came together on this call. Why do you feel like it's important for you to really be able to help a guy start to break through some of this stuff?
1: Well, I do like working with women, but my passion is working with a man and helping him connect with his value to help him break through the habits that are holding him back that keep him from showing up in the world, helping him step into his light and his Mm -hmm. gifts. Uh, To me, that is the most exciting thing for me. And I think part of that is because I didn't have any of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I didn't have that growing up myself. Um, And, wishing that I had a mentor, wishing that somebody would have walked through that with me. Um, And then as I got older, having people then do that for me, wanting to show, hey, this is possible and you can do it. And it's an amazing experience. And just the sheer joy of seeing a man standing in his power and in his light is one of the most amazing, beautiful things that Mm -hmm. I can see. And that's what drives me to to work with them because it's beautiful.
0: It is beautiful. And it's so beautiful in so many different ways. Cause for each guy, it's, it's very unique. And for some guys that, that, I mean, I had a client just recently who I was kind of even shocked by what unraveled in the last session we were at, where he finally just said, I'm free to choose. And I was like, because he'd gotten really quiet and he goes, wait, I just figured something out. I'm like, okay, cool. He goes, I'm free to choose. And I said, Yeah, you are. And, I, you know, as a, as a coach, I'm like, Okay, he's having a moment here, but I'm like, Okay, I didn't know where this was going. And then he said, No, I don't think you get what I'm saying. I said, Okay, well, help me understand. He goes, No, I get to choose. And he said it just like that. Mm. And I said, Well, that sounds like this is something that you now feel like is something you're going to own. And he goes, I realize, and this is a guy who's coming out. And, He said, it isn't because I want to choose to be an ass to my wife or any of that sort of stuff. He goes, I realize part of the reason that I am here and he goes, and I wouldn't give up anything. I have two, three beautiful boys because of this, but he goes, I didn't ever think I got to choose anything in my life. Hmm. And when he said that, you know, and as a coach or a therapist, you know, there's those moments where they something a client says something, and you're like, oh, hold on, just keep the waterworks in, <laughs> you know. And I was sitting there like, hold on to yourself, Rick, because I knew for him that was a huge moment. Because mm-hmm. he's a beautiful guy, he's a beautiful man, but he he in, in the scheme of how manly he might be, mm-hmm. some people would see him as not, not like super feminine or anything, but he's just, he's a softer soul. Mm-hmm. But then to hear that softer soul say, I get to choose, I knew we had struck on something that was at the core of what he has struggled with and struggled with and struggled with. Yeah. But he got there, which is kind of the core of why Troy and I have been talking about all this, because he allowed himself to do some self-care and some Mm self-work. He gave himself permission to go do that. So, Troy, what's up for you next? I know you've written three books. Let's talk about the books real quick before we wrap it up. So tell us a little yeah, bit so, about uh,
1: Yeah, so the first book that I wrote is, the, is Finding Peace, and it's actually a workbook um, that walks you through a model of healing and doing wound care. It identifies what the six wounds are for you, what the negative core beliefs are that are attached to that, how shame shows up in your life, and then gives you a path of how do you... Uh, C- clean out those wounds, do the wound care, and, and show up in the world. Um, the second is The Art of Peace, which is just a, a, like a, a little book that just walks through more of the didactic parts of it. And then the last one that I just wrote is A Year of Self-Love, which has 365 entries, quotes, activities, different things that Uh, a person can use every day they open it up and it reminds them to do something small every day to take care of themselves and Mm. um that's been a blessing for me i was actually asked to write that one um a publisher approached me to write that and i had no intention of writing another book for a while um but i felt like that was really important and Mm it was it's blessed my life it's amazing how many times i pick it up and look at the day and i'm like that uh, is exactly what i needed to hear today exactly. <laughs> so exactly yeah. uh, i'm grateful for that
0: that's awesome man well we will have links to everything that troy has all the books he's written um, how you can learn more about him on the podcast and um, i just want to say thanks for being here man but before we wrap up If a guy is struggling, like, okay, I just, I'm really struggling to like be me or step into this self care space. What would be one thing you'd love to leave those guys with right now that's just kind of as a little recommendation or something to inspire them?
1: I guess one of the things I'd want them to know is that they're not alone. Yeah, you you are hurting, you are suffering, you're struggling, you're trying to figure out what to do. And oftentimes that shame convinces you that you're doing this all by yourself and there's nobody else on the planet that can understand what it is that you're going through, which is completely a lie. And so to be able to, even for a moment, just breathe in, and uh, the mantra that I use when that happens is, I'm not alone in my suffering. Mm-hmm. And then just identifying who... Who else do I know? Who else in the world do I know that maybe has been doing some suffering like this too? Or even if I don't have an actual person to identify, the fact that there's 8 billion people on the planet is evidence that there's somebody else, at least one other guy, but probably thousands Mm -hmm. of, of people who have also struggled with what you're struggling with. And so you're not alone in your suffering, and if you can have the courage to reach out and share your struggle with someone that you feel safe with, chances are they will say, you know, I've struggled with that too, or I don't really struggle with that, but I struggle with this. And so I know, and all of a sudden there's a, there's a connection and the feeling of alone goes down a little mm-hmm. bit oh. and two can carry a burden so much easier than one. Absolutely
0: so much better. Well, I love that. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day to be here and keep doing what you're doing. And like I told the audience, we will have lots of ways you can connect with Troy, learn more about him. And
1: um, thanks again, man, for being here. You're welcome, Rick. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: That's a wrap for 40 plus real men, real talk, where size doesn't matter. We drop our bullshit, get over our screwed up fears, make bold moves, And live life without apologies. Don't forget to join us on Facebook at 40 Plus Real Men, Real Talk, where the conversations continue.